0: As we've looked at, we're, we're on the third week studying the subject of the heart, from it was primarily from the book of Proverbs. Lord willing, this will be the final week in, on this major theme. Um, somebody give me a, a, one of the several definitions of the heart that we discussed, that we have talked about. Somebody, somebody just, just give, it, give it, shout it out. Yes, sir. The seed of emotions. All right. We did talk about that. Yep. What else? Pure a pure heart. We did talk about having a pure heart. What else could the heart, what else does the heart refer to? All right. Your motives. I think that's related to the will. Remember, there's three things the heart primarily talks about. Brother Wallace mentioned the emotions. Brother Ben mentions the will. What else? The intellect, correct, those three things, all right? And then we also have seen, so the heart, you, you can divide the heart up into kind of those three categories, so it covers all of those, but uh, the other thing is the heart also is contrasted with the outside. So in that, in that kind of a comparison, your, your heart would refer to What? It went silent. It went silent, as contrasted with the outside, as in your works, it it refers to the inner man, your heart, uh, refers to the inner man, and so that's that's uh, especially that the, that in particular, is something that is uh, that proverbs talks a lot about. It it makes constant compare comparisons and contrasts with what a person does with what's in their heart. In other words, what motivates and animates what they do. And just like we, we've already studied, uh, Jesus said that the, or rather Proverbs, and, and it's also borne out by what the Lord said, is that out of the heart are the issues of life. So all that we do flows out of our heart and you can't separate the two. You can't separate the two like, like some have tried to do. It's, it's just not possible. So we do that, we try to separate them and make our works stand alone as if they do not reflect and characterize ourselves when we do bad, when we do evil. Well, that's just what we do, but that's not who I am. And I mentioned, if any of you like crime shows or anything like that, you, you look at that kind of stuff, you'll see people, you know, they're, they're being sentenced for a, horror or, or a heinous crime, and they'll say, I know I'm not a bad person. It's just like, they they have been able to at least in their minds separate what they do with the source of that work and for for, as, for us as a believer that's a a good lesson so we we of course as bible believing people we don't we we try to view ourselves and we fail but we try to view ourselves as the scripture de- defines us and it says very plainly that when we do evil it's because there's 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 something wrong in our heart it comes out of that and um, that's a lot more I, I have to admit that's a lot that's a lot darker picture of humanity than is commonly um accepted so uh but that's what the bible says on the matter so uh this morning we're going to look at we'll pray but we're, we we want to look at uh several things Trying, trying to see the right order I want to go in here. The, the word heart in the book of Proverbs is used, in other words, it's used in conjunction with a number of adjectives that describe the heart. And that's kind of the study I want to do today, is uh the, the Bible describes various kinds of hearts in Proverbs. For instance, and we'll look at these in, uh, in, in detail, the Bible describes a proud heart, a merry heart, a heavy heart, a froward heart, and a wise heart. And again, when we talk about this, when we talk about the adjectives that describe the various kinds of hearts, just like in Proverbs, there's various kinds of men: the simple man, the proud man, the wicked man. Those, you know, and, and you know, you, you can do a study on that to learn about learn about those different types of men, but when, when we talk about the wise heart or the froward heart or the proud heart, what we're talking about is not, not so much the intellect, the emotions, and the will. In that sense, we're, we're rather talking about the inside of a man, the inside of a man. Because sometimes what's on the outside and what's on the inside appears to um, contradict and there are exceptions to that. And, of course, that, that fact does not contradict what the Lord said. Out of the heart are the issues of life. But it just sometimes the outward things are, more, are well covered and hidden. And so we'll look at that in just a minute. Um, all right, so let's pray. And then I want to look at the first one, which is the Mary heart. All right, let me just double check my note here and I want to make sure I got all my verses the way I want them. All right, we'll have to look at both. Okay, let's pray together. Father, thank you for everyone uh, that's here who's in whose life you have been working during this week, even as they've been reading the Word, even as they've been in prayer. And uh, Lord, we as the church come together here this morning. Lord, we need you. Lord, this is not a a meeting that we have, uh, like a social meeting, like the Lions Club or the Rotary Club or whatever. Lord, this is a, we have met together in your name. So, Lord, we pray that you would meet with us and that you would teach us and stir us up. Lord, there are, there are some among us who are ill, who can't be here. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, Lester and his family and... Um, uh, as well as the uh, Veracruzes and, and others who are, are, aren't are well. Lord, I pray that you would please bless them and give them a quick quick recovery. Bless Judson as well, who's in the hospital right now. and Please give him a quick recovery from whatever is causing his problems there. Lord, would you please bless in our Sunday school and in our morning service to follow. And I pray that you would take control of it. And not only of what I say, but also of how your people hear it. And if there be one among us that's come, that comes in that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that the light, your light, would shine upon that person. And so we ask your blessing in that way as well, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's look at the merry heart to begin. Start with, we're, we're going to jump around a few things because I want to make a point with this particular subject. Look at chapter 15. Chapter 15, chapter 15, verse number 13. The Bible says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Now, let me make a, make a point. Remember, the Proverbs are Proverbs, okay? Now, there are absolutely theological truths that are taught in Proverbs and that kind of thing, but, but Proverbs, in particular, is a book of basically wise observations about what makes things tick, the world tick, what makes human, human beings tick, why we do what we do, and those kinds of things. And it, it all, Proverbs, God, through Solomon, has, has, of course, God gave Solomon a great deal of insight you know, God-given insight and, uh, into these things. And so that allowed Solomon to notice things that are common, things like trends and, and common uh, things that, that bind people together, that make them, that make, make, uh, we, we might even call it some sort of psychology because that's essentially all psychology is, is they look at, well, everybody does this, so that must be a thing. <laughs> that's basically how it works. Here's the the truth in this verse. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. If you want your face to be happy, make your heart happy. Right? Now, I say that as one whose default facial expression is often confused, is often misunderstood by others as being mean. Some of you have probably thought that, right? (laughs) Listen. Look, people nodding. That's not where we're supposed to. Amen. That I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I'm glad everybody's getting a, a laugh out of, at my expense. It's just funny that you told
1: us we yes. <laughs> I'm not offended.
0: I'm not offended. And for that reason, well, while we're on the subject, my wife tells me, that my wife, every once in a while, somebody will come to my wife and they'll, they'll say, you know, that they will talk to her as if, about me, as if, you know, I'm some sort of mean, you know, the people do that with you, Josh. They say that, and I don't know, maybe my heart isn't merry enough, um, but they say that my wife, and sometimes she, she just laughs at them. Because at you know at home that's not the way I am, and they know that because they know me best, I guess but but here's the bottom line from uh, proverbs fifteen thirteen is that what is in your heart affects your face all right that's that's the key, okay, but it also goes the other way by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken okay so um, but remember when we talk about the merry heart, we're talking about a we're talking about this is this is what we most often think of as someone that's happy they're jovial they're glad in other words this is pure emotion this is pure emotion this is the emotional response this would be the emotional response either from you know some good thing happening in our life you know sometimes we talk about joy you know i'm sure you've all heard this how that joy is is not based upon changing circumstances, but it's based upon, you know, unchanging truths. And that's true. But this is talking about just the raw emotion, just the raw emotion. Now, here's the the unchanging truths of, of, of God's word that bring us joy affect the merriness, the merriment, I think is the word, of our heart, right? In other words, there's an emotional response to the truths of God's word. Now some, Now it's also true that you can have. It is possible to have joy in the in the truths of God's word, even in the midst of sorrow. Is that true? Yes, it is. You know, you, uh, Sister Karen had a funeral for her sister. Sister Barnett was there. There was sorrow, obviously, but there was also joy mingled with that sorrow, remembering that this this funeral could be pure sorrow, except for the Lord, right? And so, you have that joy present, but they weren't smiling that much, nor did anyone expect them to, because the heart wasn't quite merry, but there was joy. So, here's what I'm trying to say is, joy, in in its biblical kind of New Testament sense, is a little bit different than being merry. Being merry is what we are when we are, when things are going well. We feel good, we got plenty of money, things are going well. That's what we call merry right? That's the emotional part of it, the merry heart. But again, spiritual truths affect that. Spiritual truths affect that. And um, okay, look at chapter 15, verse 15. The Bible says this, all the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Now, where, where, most days, that, most Thanksgiving days are days of happiness, Right? You see all this food, and for, for many of us, that itself makes us happy, right? We see the food, we're happy, you know. The idea of a feast making you happy, right? Um, all right, look at chapter seven, 17, verse 22. I just have to hurry because there's a lot of other verses I want to look at. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. All right, let me ask you a question. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. What does a medicine do? Generally speaking, a medicine is designed to affect the what? Yep, the body. That's That's what I'm looking for. That could be several answers. Medicine, by its very nature, is designed to affect the body, right? Now, I know they have medicines that affect the mind and those kinds of things, but often that's a kind of a side effect that they just kind of stumble upon. As I've learned with my wife and different going to the neurologists and all those kinds of things, they've stumbled on all these medicines by accident, <laughs> a lot of them anyway. Well, medicines are generally designed to affect the body. But notice what the verse says. A merry heart, again, we're talking about the emotional response now. We're talking about the happiness, emotional part of our being. We're glad. It, a merry heart doeth good, verse 22, like a medicine. So, the effect upon the body, that's what a medicine does, the effect upon the body of a happy heart affects the body similar, similarly to the way a medicine would affect the body. Okay? But, and the contrast is given as well, but a broken spirit, that's the inside of man, is not merry, but rather depressed, saddened, broken. Dryeth the bones. Now you'll notice in Proverbs, whenever you see the the mention of bones, that is a that is a um, an analogy that refers to the health. You'll see uh, you'll see uh, dried bones, or you'll see fat bones, and we think, well, I don't want that. You know, I don't want to be big boned. You know, that's what we. But when it's referring when it's referring to the bones in Proverbs, it's actually a reference to the health of the body. And you'll, you will see several more of these. So when a, so here's the point I'm trying to make, is that in Proverbs, a merry heart, and this is kind of the general concept I want us to get, and, and I, again, I don't want to take this too far, but there is absolutely a scriptural truth that there is a connection between one's emotional state and one's physical health. There is absolutely a connection made in Proverbs between the two. Um, if, in other words, illness in the physical body can, can be, uh, I, I, again, I don't want to go too far with this because, I, honestly, I, I don't know that any of us know all the answers to the way these things interact. But I can say this. The human being is one, is, is body, soul, and spirit. And you can't just neatly divide those up. So the body affects the soul, and the soul affects the body. If you're sick, you're often depressed, right? You're, you're down. You're unhappy, right, inside, and conversely, is the the reverse is true as well. When you're unhappy because of some circumstance on the inside, that can act that can actually affect your physical health. No question about that. What does that say then about you know none of us None of us can none of us can uh, just paste on a smile and and just you know flip a switch and and feel better we can we can put on a front right we can uh, when we come to church and we're around people whatever we can put on a front we can smile and we can act like everything's good but that's not that's what that is is the front that's not the heart the heart whether whether we hide it or not the heart is what it is you know if, if it's sad it's sad and you know putting on a happy face doesn't change that right but but the thing we need to remember as a, as a believer is that if we are, that, that our, whatever our heart is, the state of our heart is, it, it can absolutely affect our body. And so that should give us a strong impetus to do things like rejoice in the Lord when something's not right. And here's, here's the thing that I've been learning a, a little bit recently is that often the cause for the loss of our, our gladness, our merriment, is really we have sin in our life. Something's not right, and we haven't dealt with it. And because we haven't dealt with it, our joy is gone, and as a result, our happy emotions are gone too. There are there are absolutely what are what might be called organic causes for for issues of the heart and mind. Um, you know, one one, ex, one example is you know some sometimes when people have accidents or surgery on their brain, it affects their it affects a lot of other uh, emotional things in their life. Another one is uh, for especially a lot of ladies have this trouble with the thyroid. Yes. The thyroid can affect. I mean, my mom is an example. Uh, Think she couldn't get her medicine or something, and it—I mean—it sent her into depression. On the other hand, sometimes those things are um, are learned behaviors; they're habitual behaviors that have manifested themselves as what what are well. Well, here's here's the thing: is a lot of a lot of a lot of what is called mental illness in our day, and the treatment of it is designed to take. Responsibility away from the person, and human. As Brother Burgess said, human beings are complicated, and when you know, and sometimes I mean, sometimes it's a direct result of sin in in the life that 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 exists. That is the thing. So, um, from the things I, I've been reading on this here recently, from from what I've been reading, the the, the key thing is to find out if there is actually a physical problem because sometimes like i said with especially with ladies that can that can be the case but then other times it, given that's not the case it can be that we just you know we have to search our heart and uh because sometimes sometimes guilt over our sin can cause us to respond in ways that are what would be described by a book by a psychologist or a psychiatrist as depression or different different aspects like that so but it is, it is a very complicated question. All right, let's <clears throat> excuse me, let's look at uh, Proverbs 18, verse number 14. The Bible says the spirit of man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? The spirit of man will sustain his infirmity. Infirmity in is, in the biblical sense is, is a reference to like a physical malady, an illness. But notice, the spirit of man, that's the inner part of man, will sustain his infirmity. In other words, if you're sick, but your heart is glad, that is enough to sustain you through an, through, through an illness. That, that the inner, in other words, what I'm trying to show you is the interaction between the heart and the body, the inner side and the outside of a man. Uh, Proverbs, just as an example... Hope deferred, Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But notice what it says. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Tree of life. Now, what is that? A tree of life is a reference to something that when they ate it, it would give them eternal life. They would live forever. Now, I know, obviously, nobody lives forever. But the, the idea here is that it affects our physical Physical life. I mean, how many people? I read about, uh, or I was, I was watching something on uh, it's a, I was nerding out, my wife knows, on the, this show about engineering disasters. And this particular engineer was found at fault for this disaster where people were killed. And when the inquiry was closed and he was found at fault, within four months he died. Is that just a coincidence? No. No, his whole life's work was shown to be, you know, what, you know, shown to be a failure or caused, you know, it all came, you know, ironically, it all went into the river with the bridge that he had designed, and he died as, as a direct result of that. That's not a coincidence. That's the soul, the inner man affecting the body, and uh, all, all, each of you probably could give an example of that kind of thing. All right, so that's the merry heart, Okay. Now let's look at uh, another one. Let's look at the wise heart. Proverbs chapter 10. We'll go through these verses really quick. Proverbs 10 verse 8. I want to go through the verses and point out some things. Uh, some commonalities between these verses. Proverbs 10, verse 8, the Bible says, The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. Notice, receive commandments. He'll receive commandments. What is a prating fool? What, is a, what does it mean to prate? Anybody know? Which one? <laughs> it's more of the second than the first. The the prating refers to talking, foolish talk, foolish talk. And in that case, boasting would uh, would fall into that category. Look at chapter 15, verse 14. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. Notice Notice the mention of the mouth again. All right? But notice... He's the heart of the one that has, hath understanding, that would be a wise heart, seeketh knowledge. All right, look at chapter 16, verse 21. Bible says, The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Are you starting to see something in common? Increasing Learning. Proverbs 18, look at that, verse number 15. Proverbs 18, verse 15, the Bible says, The heart of the prudent, that would be a wise heart, getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. Now, in in the verses we just read, this is four, there are others, but there's there's a common thread between them all. In ten eight it says, receives commandments. In fifteen fourteen he seeks knowledge. In sixteen twenty one he increaseth learning. In eighteen verse fifteen he getteth knowledge and seeketh knowledge. Okay, so a person that is a wise heart—I just want to make a small distinction here—is a little bit different. I would say a little bit different than a wise man, because you, you also you also have in Proverbs you also have the wise. The wise, a wise man is a person who, because of his his knowledge and understanding, and because of his fear of God, which is of course the beginning of knowledge, because of that he is able to take that knowledge and apply it in such a way that he makes wise decisions. He goes on a wise path, but that deals with the outside, the works, which is important. Which is important. But what we're talking about here is not that, but the heart. The wise heart. That's not talking about what a man does on the outside, but what's on the inside. So that's the the little distinction I want to make. So a person who is wise in heart is not so much a person who who does the right thing and acts according to wisdom all the time. Because, again, we're talking about the heart. What then characterizes a wise heart according to these verses we've just read? It is the disposition of that person's inner man toward knowledge. His disposition toward knowledge. A wise-hearted man man is not necessarily necessarily a man who has a bunch of knowledge. A wise-hearted man, according to these verses, is a man that is willing to learn and receive knowledge. There's a, there's a world of difference between somebody who knows a lot and somebody who has a disposition that wants to increase in knowledge. That's, you know, that you might think about college professors. You know, you think, well, those are wise people. Well, they have a, no- a lot of knowledge, but whether they're wise in heart is an entirely different question. It's an entirely different question. Mm-hmm. That would be wise. That would be wise. Okay, as I said, a wise man in Proverbs is a man who has knowledge and rightly applies it to make wise decisions in the fear of God. So that might we might say that's the fruit of wisdom, wise decisions. But a wise heart speaks of the disposition inwardly toward knowledge and wisdom. In other words, A man who is wise in heart, he increases knowledge, he seeks knowledge. That shows that in his heart, in his inner man, he really does want to know more about God and about the truths of of the Lord and about the right way to go and wise decisions to make. In his heart, he wants it. He longs for it. He thirsts for it. That's his disposition toward it. Now, think about, to, to illustrate what I'm trying to say, contrast that. Contrast that with someone who is not wise in heart. And this, truth be told, this uh, describes a lot, of many, many people who are stuck thinking they know everything. Now, I'm not talking about a know-it-all. Nobody likes a know-it-all. But I'm talking about people who we, we wouldn't necessarily call that this person a know-it-all Because a a know-it-all is like what Brother David said, is a prating fool, right? Someone who gabs about how much they know. But forget about that. That's on the outside. I'm talking about the heart, okay? Because that's what we're talking about. A person who thinks inside of them, they know everything. So much so that they can't receive knowledge because they don't want it. In In their mind and in their heart, they figure they have all that they need. And they're too busy at times telling others what they need, need to do, need to know to receive anything. After all, why why would we li- why should I listen? I I know things and I obviously know more than them. <laughs> I mean, obviously, because I know them. I know and they don't. And so I need to tell them what I know. Why would I listen? And as Brother David mentioned, and because of arrogance, they lack humility. And they have no sense, they have no want of knowledge. In other words, they don't feel like they lack anything. And when you don't feel like you lack anything, you're not going to seek knowledge. That's where, that's where their heart is. In other words, you compare it to a cup. The cup's full. They think, my cup's full, I'm good. So they're not going to seek after knowledge. You see the difference? It's really a, again, it's the disposition of the heart. It's the disposition of the heart. We don't need to be in that place. We don't need to be in that place because that's a that's a bad place to be in. Where, listen, and and just as a practical matter, when in our in our inner man, we have, we're unwilling to be taught. We don't seek after knowledge. We feel like. We feel satisfied with what we know. That's just a perfect recipe to have really bad relationships with people. Because that, that first of all, it makes you with the, the know-it-all. But secondly, it makes, you, it makes you difficult to deal with when you are found at fault and someone must confront it. Because now you're in a place where you can't be told anything new. That's, a, that's just a bad place for any of, us, any of us to be in. We ought to practice the humility of having a wise heart, one who is seeking knowledge and who acknowledges, I lack. There's things I don't know or maybe don't know it perfectly. You know, I, I, there are gaps. You know, one of the, you know, when you're teaching a kid to drive, you know, and this is true in life, when you're te- teaching a, chi- a child, a, a teenager to drive, one of the most important things for the teenager to learn is to just be humble enough to acknowledge that there are parts around the car you can't see. Right? Well, they say, well, no, I can see out the mirror. I see everything. Listen, trust me, there are things you don't see. Just have the humility to acknowledge, even though you might not see the gaps, that there are gaps. Right? Right? And that, right, as a newer driver, that, just having that in your mind will enable you, when you look in the mirror, you say, well, I don't know what I don't know, but I know there's probably some gaps around me that I'm not seeing. You see, that is the, the wise in heart. who he says, I need to learn. I don't have it all together. Amen. All right. Um, all right, the last one is froward, the froward heart. Let's just look at a few uh, examples of this. Verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 20. We'll have to go very quickly, but... says this, They that are of a froward heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are His delight. Notice the froward heart. Not the works, but the heart. Look at chapter 12, verse 8. says this, A man shall be commended according to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. Those are synonyms, froward and perverse. Now look at chapter 17, verse 20. He that hath a froward heart findeth no good. And he that hath a perverse tongue falleth into mischief. In this verse, both of those synonyms are used in the same verse. He findeth no good. What does Froward mean? Froward is not just simply a, is not simply a, a synonym for bad or evil. Froward is something is a specific aspect of evil. It means disposed to go counter to what is demanded or what is reasonable. It means difficult to deal with, hard to please, contradictory. Contrary perverse means something similar, going against or disposed to go against what is reasonable, logical, expected, or required. in other words, a froward heart means that this person 's heart is automatically and by default negative and contrary toward everything, <laughs> not just right things but everything. in other words, in other words, when something is mentioned their mind is evil toward it automatically. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. They haven't even had time to think it through. It's bad. It's bad. That kind of, that it, seems, it, seems, it seems as we get older, this tendency tends to increase where we become more contrary. We say, oh, cantankerous old man. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be someone who's just contrary. In other words, I hear something that's automatically, you know, cynicism and critical and all that. You know what? I have to be careful of that. I got to be careful of that. The froward heart, the Lord says, is an abomination to the Lord. You know why? Because the moment any knowledge comes, comes to that person, especially from God, is that at that moment, that person's automatically, it's like a, it's like an incline. You know, it's like a... If you're trying to drain water in like, for instance, in a gutter or something like that, it's automatically going the wrong way. You got to go uphill to make it drain. That, that's not the way we want to be. Forward. Contrary. All right, there are some others, but we will have to break it off at that point. And you'll have to continue the study on your own. All right, let's pray.